Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Uh, we want to welcome our guests. Go ahead, give a clap for all the guests that are with us. So good. Well, today I, I have the privilege of speaking to fathers and to men and to young men in our house because it's Father's Day and I love Father's Day. Let me show you why I love Father's Day. Check out this picture. That's why I love Father's Day. The, the kids, the family, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I just love it. And so while, we're, uh, while I'm enjoying Father's Day, today is also a day I get to enjoy being a grandfather day. So happy Father's Day to Eli Blevins for their public announcement of having a baby. So, so great. So happy. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I'm really happy for your mom and I. So we're really excited about that. Um, so awesome, awesome. Well, uh, today I, I want to talk on the topic about how to act like a man. Woo, come on, how to act like a man. So um, I have some things to say today. I have, a, I have a, a, you know, I just have some things to say. So you're going to want to take some notes and be ready for today. If you do have something to take notes on, I'll, uh, I'll start with this scripture here and you can write this down. And this gives the, the context of my text, which is out of 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, and then I need all of the dudes in the house, whether you're a, a father or not, to read these next three words with me on the count of three. One, two, three, act like men. Now, this time we're going to do it again, and I need you to say it like a man. And at the end of it, I need you to give me a little grunt or a growl or something to show, you know, where all the men in the house are. So, one, two, three, Act like men. There we go. That's the people I know. So we need to be strong, it says, and let all that you do be done in love. Now, this verse has a couple different versions or translations, and, and it's not only for men because the translation that says, where it says, act like men, in many of your translations, such as the New Living or the, uh, maybe the New King James Version, instead of saying act like men, it says to be courageous and brave. So it would read, be watchful, stand firm in, in the faith, and then be courageous and brave. And so obviously everybody needs courage, and we all need bravery. But I wanted to find out why did this particular version use act like men? Somehow it had to have some relationship. And so as I dug it out, I found that the scripture is interpreting this section to mean this phrase. It is to be brave and courageous in a way that is befitting and suitable of manhood. And so suitable. In other words, the Bible or the interpretations are assuming we understand that manhood also equals courage and bravery. And so either of those are a good way of translating it. So I have a hero in the faith. I don't know if you have heroes in the faith. One of mine is Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. Anybody heard of Dr. Cole before? So he, he's 
passed on to be with the Lord, but he had a, a ginormous men's ministry back in the promise keeper days, and he was a powerful speaker to men. But he had this phrase that has always hung on to me, and I love this. And he said this, that being a male is a matter of birth. Becoming a man is a matter of choice. In other words, you're born as a male, but whether or not you grow up and become and live out the characteristics of being a man is up to you. It's your choice. Now, I just want to say that manhood is significant to our culture. We need masculinity back in our world today. We need masculinity. Thank you. You can clap for that. We need masculinity in the church today. But being a man isn't about beards and muscles and fixing cars and driving trucks and Jeeps as much as I like that. It's not necessarily about shooting guns and watching war movies, all right? Listen, God makes men who have just so many different interests and personalities and gifts and abilities and dreams. God has a, a big definition of masculinity. It's not about whether or not you like fashion or fishing. You can even like Hallmark movies and be a man. <laughs> Just don't tell people, that's all. Just don't tell people. So though, what is manhood though? When we're talking about masculinity and manhood, what is it? Well, listen, let me give you a really long definition and description of manhood. Manhood is first and foremost Christ-likeness. It's strength of character. It's accepting responsibility and taking initiative and leading our families. It's our role as watchful protectors of our children. It's standing up for people who can't defend themselves. Manhood is respecting women and defending our faith. Manhood is about conquering problems and living passionately for God, for our God-given purposes. And manhood is about making a difference with our life. Masculinity, by definition, is the courage to act like a man. And our world needs that today. Fatherhood, as we talk to fathers today, is the courage to impart these qualities into our children. And that's what acting like a man is all about. So today I want to talk about two things that manhood is not. And then I'll go through a, 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 a nice, simple Father's Day message on what men are to be about. But in order to get started, I feel it's important to say it like this, that in order to act like a man, men don't act like women. Let me try it again. Be sure you're catching up with me. To be a man, we don't act like women. You know, men are men and women are women. Boys are boys, girls are girls. It sounds so simple, but it's so important for this next generation to hear this teaching today. The Bible gives us our worldview. The Bible defines how we see culture today. 
And so the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 5, 1 and 2. It says that when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. And meaning that, that as a male, we represent the masculinity of God to our world. And females represent the tenderness and the femininity of God to the world. Together, men and women give a complete picture of who God is. Verse 2 says, God created them male and female, and that is what he blessed. Now, crazy times in our culture. We're living in a time where major corporations and education and entertainment, even our government, are trying to do away with gender. They say there's no difference between male and female. Now, not only is that illogical, it ignores biology, but it is emotionally harmful for children and adults. It breaks down the strength of our society, which is families, Plus, saying that there's no difference between male and females is unbiblical. Now, you need to know, church, that this whole um, push to do away with gender is actually a strategy of the devil to discredit the validity and the authority of scriptures. To twist and confuse gender is an attempt to falsify the Bible. Because if people are convinced that the basics of the Bible, which would be creation, like just think about this, creation, in the beginning, God created. So if people cannot believe the basics of creation, then it breaks down the authority for everything else the Bible has to say. So if someone buys into a lie that, that male and female are whatever your choice is, not on what God designed you to be, then how can you believe in the life-saving message of Jesus Christ later in scriptures? So it's a demonic strategy of the enemy to break down our, our culture of faith in America and beyond. It's a strategy of the enemy. And here's what just is so troubling is that when gender confusion is being pushed upon the children, then we need to understand that we are only one generation away from losing our Christian heritage in our United States and beyond. One of the saddest Bible verses that I'm ever going to read you. I'm not even going to put it on the screen. It's too sad for it. You can just listen. Judges chapter 2.10 says, After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not know or acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. It is so sad because what that says is that, that one generation didn't stand up for truth 
and train and father and parent the next generation to know that Jesus is real, that Jesus saves, and they don't know the mighty works of God and they turn to a system of the world. Men acting like women and women acting like men is a demonic and twisted perversion of humanity that is being pushed and forced upon us in order to remove our Christian culture from the United States. And so fathers and mothers, gosh, we need to know our primary call. Your primary call as a parent is to teach your children about Jesus to teach your children and, and have them experience God in church. It's to teach them the, the love of, of all things about the kingdom of God. That's our, that's our primary role, to, to teach them and show them the, the miracles and the mighty works of God. Listen, that's more important than their education that you'll pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to send them to college. What good is it for a child of ours to reach the heights of, of society but lose their souls along the way? Parents, that's why I'm preaching to fathers today. We need to know how to watch out for our children who are receiving an onslaught of false information that is countering the word of God. And if I can just step straight into a few areas of representation that is coming against our children, that is just driving a perverted version of scriptures, let me start with our current president, if I may. Our current president, President O'Biden, President O'Biden, gosh, I said that first service, I don't know. <laughs> truly, a, truly a slip. Appropriate, but truly a slip. <laughs> President Biden made a proclamation from the White House on March 30th, 2022, just months ago. And I'm quoting, I pulled it off the White House official page. And this is the proclamation that he made. And I want you to hear this. He said, to everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you, the first lady, the vice president, the second gentleman, and my entire administration see you for who you are. Look, made in the image of God. That's the twist, the perversion of scripture. That is what is being pumped out. And so many people are hearing that, not knowing the truth of what the book tells us in Genesis. Also, our president and his administration placed in a transgender official as a four-star admiral in the US Public Health Services. This person is supposedly our representative of emotional, mental, and physical health for our nation. Our administration has also placed on passports a place to put an X rather than male or female, which says I'm neither. The Biden administration in the last months has announced that they fully support gender care 
for any age, including very young minors. Now, what is gender care, you ask? Gender care. Our administration supports for, for children that are, that are just now able to communicate words. They support puberty blockers. They support hormone therapy. And they support surgery to recreate biological organs for our little children. Children. Church, this is not political anymore. This is not Democrat or Republican anymore. This is not about taxes and economy anymore. This is about immoral and, Im and unbiblical policies that have far-reaching impact upon society. And it's in cooperation with the demonic work of the enemy to destroy our children and our faith in America today. We must understand, church, that there is a war going on for our children. Because if you change a child, if you reach a child, then a child grows up to be our next leaders and that child can change a nation. We have to reach our children and parents and fathers. I'm talking to the, to the men in the house. True masculinity is to play a role in in raising our children to know their God-given abilities. The war isn't only from our government. Major corps are in the battle as well. As an example, Disney. Everybody's loved Disney. But now we know that they have publicly stated that they will add LGBTQ characters to at least 50% of their shows and movies, normalizing activity that is unbiblical. And just as promised, the new Toy Story movie, listen, I used to love Toy Story. It was the cutest little animated movie ever. But as promised, they have added in their new movie called Lightyear an emotional same-sex kiss to be presented to your children. So government, entertainment, but don't forget public education is at work trying to destroy the identities of our children. Our public education system is using same, I'm sorry, using sex education to normalize all of the perversions. I'm gonna put on the screen a, a link to a documentary and you'll see it, and you probably can just take a picture of that and, and type this in. This is not a documentary for your children to watch with you. It will, it will absolutely enrage you at what is happening throughout school systems around the world and including ours. This is about a video that is exposing the comprehensive sexuality education that is by the Planned Parenthood and the International Planned Parenthood. And their agenda is to drive the most radical sex education possible into every nation and every school globally. When you watch this video, you will see many US government officials, including President Obama, pushing this curriculum into other nations. I'll give you a little example and I wanna 
keep it uh, light enough today, but um, the, the type of sex education they want to teach is nothing that you want taught to your children. As a matter of fact, they have one class that they have made by the International Planned Parenthood that's called abstinence for your children. Now, we might hear that and say, oh, great, but let me just give you a little understanding of their definition of abstinence because it's not yours. Their definition of abstinence is anything and everything with anyone that helps bring pleasure, sexual pleasure to yourself or others as long as it's not intercourse. Oral, you name it, everything is considered abstinence. Not in my definition, not in our definition, not by biblical standards. This is what is being pushed towards school systems and bits and pieces of it are showing up in every state in the United States. It's disturbing. Also, while we're just pressing the issue, there's a, there's a principle, you, you've probably heard this before, about what is celebrated is repeated. And so, you know, if you have a, a business office and, and you celebrate, uh, you know, that someone made a sales call and you celebrate, celebrate, then that, that reinforces the fact this is what you want to do. And so whatever is celebrated is repeated. And right now, Pride Month is being celebrated by marching down major city streets with the crudest and most twisted and perverted sexuality where it is celebrated and watched by children. And in some instances, I saw on video little children putting dollar bills in the G-strings of drag queens. This is indoctrination of our children and a war on the next generation. Fathers, I'm calling us up. Parents, we have our work cut out for us to combat the forces of government, entertainment, and education. Now, next one I'm going to say may be slightly controversial to some. This is my heart. That my righteous anger is not against people who are gay or lesbian. That's not my righteous anger. Honestly, for people who are gay or lesbian, I sincerely hope they live a happy and a great American life. And I hope that they pursue and succeed in their, their goals in life. And, and I hope they enjoy the freedoms and the liberties and the pursuit of happiness that our country affords. Obviously, I, I believe that they will miss out on the biblical blessings of God. But let me tell you what I am against so that we're all on the same page. I'm against taking away parental rights. I'm against the indoctrination of our students in school. Listen, it ought to be education, not indoctrination. I'm against harming children and creating severe emotional trauma by saying that you can be any gender you want to be. I'm against gender transitions. I'm against sexually perverted parades marching down streets. I'm against a government that forces their unbiblical agendas against us. And honestly, just to be just... You know, this is pretty easy, but I'm 100% against any young children being exposed to any sex of any kind in our schools, on our TVs, and on our movies. 
That's my righteous anger, and I hope it's yours as well. So don't get mad and leave today. All I want to do is just preach truth from the Word. Romans chapter 1 says this, Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurities for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged, look at this, verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Anytime lies, perversions of scripture elevates, society falls apart. It says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped, I'm sorry, I messed it up. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. Same way, the men also abandoned their natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. And men committed shameful acts with other men and received there in themselves the penalty for that error. My goal today isn't to inflame like a, a political agenda. My goal today, though, is to motivate parents and fathers to be sure that we are watching and that we are awake at what's happening in the world around us so that we can raise our children in the light and truth of God's Word. So I close this portion of my message to act like a man is to not act like a woman. Amen? Amen. Next, as we're having a blast, to act like a man is to, for men to not act like boys. There's a big difference between men and boys. Boys, you know what they, they run to their mommy. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Mommy, help me, mommy, mommy. Boys, they, they have to be taken care of. Little boys are like, who's going to make my dinner for me? And, you know, who's going to fold my clothes and wash my clothes? I mean, those are boys. Boys are still immature. It's okay if they're a boy. Boys don't know how to take responsibility yet. Boys aren't ready to be leaders yet. To be a man, to act like a man is to not act like a boy. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he said, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And then he said, but when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So at some point, men, including myself, we all have to choose to become a man, become the person that God has called us to be. You know, you'll only be young once, but you can remain immature forever and so we have to grow up men let me tell you your wife is not your mama it's not her job to make sure you get to work on time it's not her job to make sure you stay pure in life and it's not her job to lead the family either men must grow up and take responsibility for our families. Little boys say, me, 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 I, 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 because they want somebody to give them something. But when we grow up, we start saying, how 
can I take responsibility for my family and others? Men, it's our responsibility to lead our families. It's our responsibility to lead them spiritually, to, to lead them emotionally. Listen, I know our wives tend to be a little better at being emotionally connected, but that doesn't mean it's not our role to find out how my children are doing and how my wife is doing and to connect emotionally. We must lead there. And yes, every man, including myself, is going to have a, a bad day, a dark season of life. And we're so grateful to have strong women and wives in our life that can help reassure us and give us confidence and build us up and stand strong when I don't feel standing strong. And I'm grateful for my wife, Harriet, who is strong, strong, strong. So if you met us both, you'd wonder who is the strongest. But, but the reality is I don't have the luxury of staying in a pit in my life. I don't have the luxury of remaining a victim when things go wrong. I have a family that's counting on me to act and to talk and think like a man and not a boy any longer. I have to accept my responsibility to act like a man. Men are not boys. We're strong in faith. We're strong in character. We're strong in action. We're strong enough to lead our families. We accept our responsibilities. We watch out for children. We defend the defenseless and we conquer problems and make a difference. We're not boys anymore. We're grown-ups. We act like men. Amen? Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to spin this to a nice little Father's Day message now if I can. I want to take us back to the original verse that I, I began with because it lays out a nice outline for preaching. And so the parts of the sermon again say, be watchful. It says, stand firm in faith. Then it says, act like men. Then it says, be strong. Then it says, let all you do be done in love. So let me just take that for just a moment and start with the fact that men are watchful. What that means is, is to be alert and be on guard. It's actually a military term, or it's a term that was used in the Old Testament when they built walls around the city, and they would put, they would put watchmen on the walls. The role of the watchman on the wall was to be looking outside of the city to see if there was any kind of activity or an enemy attacking, and then they would alert that this is what's going on. So they were watchful. The beauty of having watchmen on the wall in the Old Testament cities was that while they watched, everyone else could be at peace because they knew they had watchmen on the walls. And men, our job is to be the watchmen on the wall so that our families can be in peace. Men, we need to be aware of what's going on around us and in our families. We cannot be detached and hope our wives take care of all the, the, the roles of family. We need to know the condition of our own life and the condition of our family and the world around us. And so, men, we're watchful. We involve ourselves in our families. We make sure that the condition, the heart of our children, our wife, we need to know where we are in our relationship and take the initiative to fix and repair things that are broken. We're watchmen. Men are watchmen. Next, to men are to stand firm. We stand firm. Men stand firm. We stand firm on the Word of God. We stand firm on, on God and, and Scripture. 
We don't live a life that is like a roller coaster of ups and downs in our faith. We don't live hot for God one day, high for God and low for God the next week. But how do we do that? We do that by standing firm in the word of God and and standing firm in attending church because these are the things that bring stability into our life. And so when we have a a regular diet of God and the word of God and attending church and worshiping, it brings a stability to our life. And as fathers, we have the ability to bring stability to our families. And so if our life is stable, we bring that into the household. If our life is up and down in chaos and we're serving God this week and not the next, then that is what's ushered into the whole family. Men, we have to stand firm. We stand firm on the Word of God. We stand firm in attending church and our biblical convictions. We stand firm on placing God first. So I want to encourage us men, don't waver from the faith. Finish your race with your head held high. You know, one day you'll reach an age where you want to look back and and, and determine whether or not you lived your life well. What we really want to do is hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Timothy as he neared the end of his age, of his life. And he said that I have fought the good fight. He said, I have finished the race. And he said, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. You see, that's what we have to keep in mind, that it's not just about living for the now, but it's living for all the kingdom for the future. So he said, for now, this is in store for me, the crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will award me on that day. So men, we stand in faith. Next, men, we act like men. We've talked about that. Some of the translations, as I mentioned, say to be brave and courageous. That's befitting for a man. Courage is doing the right thing when it's not convenient or popular. And we need men that will demonstrate that kind of courage in our families, in our workplaces, and and wherever we go. We need courageous men, brave men. We need men that will stand for what's right. We need men who will lead their families and provide and and protect and challenge the unrighteousness in the world. We need men to act like men. Next, men are strong, it says. Men are strong. Now, I'm not talking about bench presses and burpees. Now, that's a type of strong. You can work on that. But what I'm talking about being strong, men are strong, this is being strong against the attacks and the temptations of the enemy. Sin will destroy your life and it will harm your family as well. Your sin that you do is never just a a thing that impacts you. Sin impacts the people around you. And so we need men with integrity and character that will stand strong and be strong in the face of all of the things that try to tempt and draw us away. Men need to be strong of character. And finally, let everything we do be done in love. We need men who love Jesus. I mean passionately love Jesus. That is manly. It's masculine to to love Jesus. It's manly to stand in church and raise your hands and say, God, I love you, I worship you. That's manly. We've we've mistaken manliness to, to step back and let the women worship. That's not true. Men lead. We're masculine. 
Men need to love Jesus. Men, we need to love our wives and love our children, love our church. Because love is a motivation to give our best and even make the sacrifices that are needed to succeed in the most important ways and places of life. Men. Act like men. Let's, let's say it out loud. One, two, three. Act like men. Come on, men, now. Let's say it like we mean it. One, two, three. Act like men. Huh. All right. Hey, I want to pray for the, for the men. Uh, if you're a male, would you please stand up? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for men. That means women, you have to sit down. Come on, come on. Play with me. Fathers, men, males, I'm proud of you. I love to hang out with, with men of character. I love to hang out with men that act like men. Men inspire each other. We need to, we need to be around other men and, and know the, the, the character that's inside of them and learn the decisions they make to stand in faith. And, and I'm proud of you, men. Your church today, you're leading your families today to church. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be a man. I'm glad God made me a man just because that's how he chose. And I, I honor him in that. But men, I want to pray for you. So Father, I thank you for every male, every man, every father in this house, God. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them today. God, I pray that they would rise up with, with, a, with a godly masculinity, a godly manhood. God, I ask that you would, you would develop within us the character. Help us to choose to, to become the men of God you've called us to be, God. Lord, I pray that that we would rise up and, and demonstrate our faith and stand in faith, God, when it's difficult. Lord, give us the courage in a, a crazy world to, to raise our children in a way that they would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, Lord, I bless every man, every father in this room today in the wonderful name of Jesus. And would all the people sitting down give these men a great big clap? Awesome, awesome, awesome. You may have a seat. I love you, men. Happy Father's Day. I want to close with one final part of this day. And this is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There's a lot of people in the room today that have made a decision to follow Jesus. And if you were to ask them, I promise you they would say it's the single best decision that's ever been made in their life. Because of that relationship with God, we have the Holy Spirit that strengthens us. We sang a song about how he helps defend us against the, the battles in life. And we find peace in the middle of, of crises. And we have, we have so much promises in God. We have his hope of, of eternal life. So everyone that has made a decision to follow Jesus has that in their life. Without this moment for you to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, then you don't have those benefits. Your, your sin is not forgiven. You, you live with the, the guilt and the condemnation. I don't have to live with that. And so I wanna share this with you that number one, you are loved by God. He loves you. And it's not based on whether you've been good or bad. He loves you. That's God is love. We have all sinned and that is what separates us from God. It's the sin that we feel that condemnation. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross as the payment for our sin. 
What that means is that my sin remains with me and I can't do anything about it. I can't be good enough to get rid of it. But Jesus came and he said, if you would place that sin upon me, then your sins would be forgiven and you have a relationship with the Father. There's a righteousness in you. But every person has to make a decision. Are you gonna believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And that's our part, do you believe? And so with everything in me today, I encourage you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, make that choice today. You may not understand it all, you won't understand it all. But you can know this, that God loves you and that Jesus died for your sins. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Let this be a holy moment in the room. And if you're here today and you're trying to decide, do I wanna choose Jesus? Say yes to him. And would you make this courageous move? Would you just lift your hand up in the air to me and say, Pastor Tim, today I want to believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if you'd lift your hand up, I'll just pray for you. Is there anyone here today? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Father's Day. We thank you that we get to be in your presence and we get to enjoy all the benefits of our salvation through you. So God bless us as we go. Uh, give us safety on the road home. Lord bless this day and all the fathers in Jesus' name. Can I get a good amen, church? Amen. amen.